my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you Greetings, my fellow Americans, and welcome to another episode of Red, White, and Right. I am Joe Q. Public, and I thank you for joining me. I'm here to talk about things going on in America based on science and facts, and just the facts, ma'am, as Joe Friday would say in Dragnet. <laughs> I'm not old enough to remember that show, but maybe you do. There was a remake with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd that was uh, made in the 80s. It wasn't half bad. Uh, that's uh, completely beside the point. But our first story comes to us from Indiana. It's a little story I like to call, oops, I didn't learn anything from Bud Light. The Fairfax Bar and Grill in Bloomington, Indiana, had gone on to post on Twitter that they did not want anyone who was anti-trans or homophobic or any of this, this and that uh, coming into their bar, which is their right to do. And they were even so bold as to say, if that's the way you think. If you have these feelings, if you don't like trans people, then don't drink at our establishment. Well, that's exactly what patrons did. They stopped coming. And wouldn't you know it, the Fairfax had to backpedal just a little bit. After telling any potential vocal patrons who disagree with Bud Light making a trans woman one of its spokespeople to get lost, the Fairfax released yet another statement backtracking its swift dismissal of its patrons. The latest statement is one of three that the Fairfax Bar and Grill in Bloomington, Indiana, has posted in the past couple of weeks, indicating that they are desperate to find the right messaging on the subject since they've been bleeding clientele. I mean, they, they again, learned nothing from Bud Light. Where the first public statement denounced those participating in the backlash, the subsequent messages opted for an increasingly softer stance, with the last one admitting the establishment values patrons of all viewpoints and will draw the line at uncivil behavior in the restaurant. Let me read you one of their tweets. Earlier this month, the restaurant took a stand for trans woman Dylan Mulvaney and her new, his new partnership with Bud Light as a conservative boycott raged against the beer brand over the move. So as the hate began to pour in uh, against Bud Light for the uh, sponsorship of Dylan Mulvaney, a man, and his partnership with Bud Light, the Fairfax Bar and Grill took it upon themselves to weigh in and tweeted, We are tired of all of the hate. We are very open to debate and discussion, and it's truly a shame that we can't have open conversation about this important political and cultural topic. Bars, in our opinion, exist as public spaces where ideas should be exchanged. It then went on to add, <laughs> Unfortunately, due to all of the bigotry and hatred that has surfaced around the Bud Light controversy, any patron wanting to voice their concerns about the issue will immediately be asked to pay their bill and leave our establishment. Establishment. And they say, and I quote, we will not tolerate intolerance. Now, let me say that one more time so you understand exactly what they said verbatim. We will not tolerate intolerance. That's a thinker. That's a head scratcher. Restaurant owner McKinley Minifield justified the declaration claiming, We were just dealing with a lot of hate speech and people being uncomfortable. My bartenders were aggravated and we had customers that were leaving. Now, however, dear listeners, this past Wednesday, the restaurant indicated in a since-deleted statement that it was hurting financially after warding off uncooperative customers and it needed new ones. 
even though they initially blasted social media users for flooding the initial statement with, quotes, blatantly transphobic, homophobic, and racist comments and claimed it was committed to not allowing hate at their establishment, the restaurant admitted, with the departure of some of our regulars, we have needed new clientele, and you have answered. I'm not going to lie. We still need more of you now. So basically what the bar is telling you is we took a stance. A lot of people left. They called our bluff, and we're begging you to please come back because we're losing money and we're tanking. See, Bud Light can take a hit. Bud Light can lose $17 billion, and they can stay in business. But Podunk Fairfax Grill and Bar in Bloomington, Indiana, you got probably waitresses that are living off of their tips. And because this bar decided to take a stance, an unnecessary one, and here they are talking about, you know, exchange of ideas. Well, isn't that what an exchange of ideas is? Not to say transphobic and homophobic things. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop saying phobic. Not to say trans-negative or homo-negative things in the bar, obviously. But if two people want to discuss openly and out loud in a bar why they feel a certain way without crossing a line and offending anyone, then you're right. That kind of exchange can happen in a bar. It's not going to because people drink and people get heated. Really, it should just be politics are all off limits. In fact, the smartest thing for this bar to have done would have been to say, here at Fairfax, we don't allow politics. Whether you are right, left, red, blue, whatever. We have a strict no politics policy. And if you talk politics, you will be asked to leave. You should have never taken a side. It's okay to split the difference. Just tell people. We always had a rule. In the bar that I used to frequent back home in Houston, we had a strict policy, an unspoken rule. Not because the bar said so, and not because anyone forced us to, but we all had an unspoken rule. No politics, no religion. Drinking at the bar was a time when we wanted to not think about things that were confrontational, that were negative. And anytime somebody brings up religion, no one agrees on it, ever. You're never going to be in a bar and say you are pro or anti-religion and everyone's going to agree with you. Same as with the trans thing or gay rights. Nobody, if everyone agreed, then 100% of the vote would go to one person every time. And as Americans, we have the right to disagree with each other. That's great. And to have very civil arguments or debates, rather, not arguments. Arguments sounds like your voices are being raised. Debates. I have sat down at a bar and had beers with someone who is so absolutely 180 from all of my points of views. And never once have I gotten angry. Never once did they get angry. Never once did we offend each other. We listened. We exchanged ideas. And at times, both of us would be like, I do see your point. I mean, that's a great point. But I just don't agree with it. And at the end of the night, we could shake hands and we could go our separate ways. But that's not usually the case in a bar. And again, I say, no politics, no religion. Don't bring that stuff up when you're drinking. People get heated. And the last thing you want to do is piss off a whole bunch of people who are drunk about things that are very, very sensitive. Those are sensitive subjects. It's, you know, it's just respectful I always tell people, I really do respect people's opinions other than my own. I mean that. Even if I don't agree with them, even if I, in my mind, 100% know I'm right and they're wrong. It's okay for them to think that way. 
and I will listen to them. I'm not going to light torches and get pitchforks and chase them out of town. This is America, the freest country. You guys don't have any idea how free we are. Do you have any idea if you went anywhere else in the world, if you were to stand up as a man dressed as a woman and be like, my feelings are hurt, you'd get whipped. I need... I need these liberal wackadoos to take a breath and say to themselves, wow, what a great country I live in, that I have the ability to say all of these things that in some countries could get me jail time, could get me executed. Go to Russia and see if you can put on a dress as a man and put on lipstick and walk around town saying you have rights. This is one of the biggest countries in the world. They will lock you up and throw away the key. And here in America, many, 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 many people of all different races fought under the American flag to secure those rights for you. And I see so many people hating on America like that's okay to do. No, you have freedoms. You have so much freedom. You just don't understand how free you are. This country is so wonderful, and so many people, you know, when you die, that's it, okay? Do you understand? When you're dead, you're over. That's it, eternally gone. And how many millions died just to protect the freedom for you to put on a dress as a man and argue and and (laughs) tell children to (laughs) do things they should not be doing as children? But that right is protected. Because people died. They gave their lives for it. What a wonderful country this is. People were so proud to be American that they didn't hesitate to go over there and get killed for the future rights of their children and your children's children. And that's that's all I'm going to say on that. You should be happy you live in a country that even has a post office. Show some gratitude. The final tweet from Fairfax said... A lot has been said, some correct and some incorrect, and I want to clarify my stance. What I really want to convey is this. Just be respectful. Different opinions are welcome here as long as they are delivered respectfully. We'd no more want ugly, aggressive, or rude interactions about which sports team someone thinks is better than about societal issues. Okay, well, that's the approach you should have taken from the very beginning. You should have never said this particular crowd is not welcome here because of what they think. You should have come out from the very beginning and say some people have been talking about certain subjects that other people find to be sensitive topics. And if you're going to come into our bar and discuss these very sensitive topics, all we ask is that you do it respectfully. And if you can't, then please don't drink here. You don't say, hey, transphobic people, go drink somewhere else. Let me remind you, America, again, that the conservative family people, the ones who don't believe that dressing as a woman when you're a man or cutting off your genitals is okay, they are the majority. We are the majority of America. The difference between the trans lunatics that go off barking at everything and the 99% of the rest of America that still believes in conservative values, the difference is, is that we're not out making all that noise. We're working. We're paying taxes. We're raising children. We're protecting our children. We're protecting our community. You know, this is this is episode number five, and I said, at, like on episode number three, 
I was like, nope, we're not going to ride the trans train through this entire year of how many episodes I'm probably going to do. I was like, don't do it. Find other things to talk about. But the truth is, is that there is nothing else to talk about because I'm just being blasted in the face on every website that I go to about trans stuff because they are making so much noise and the media is giving them so much attention. So again, we're on episode five and we're still talking about trans people. So our next story talks about a transgender female runner who beat 14,000 women at a London marathon. She's now, excuse me, he is now offering to give his medal back. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Glenique Frank, a transgender woman who ran the London Marathon in the female category, offered to give his medal back after controversy stirred when he beat out about 14,000 women in the race. Frank sparked criticism after he appeared in a BBC interview and gushed about becoming a grandmother. He told the New York Post that the London Marathon was the first race he was able to pick his own name and gender. Several other races he plans on running need his name and gender given on his passport, including New York City, Tokyo, and Boston, among others. Frank told the outlet he was only sorry for upsetting her, his critics. If they want me to give my medal back, I'll say, okay, fine, no problem, Frank told the New York Post. If they really think I've stolen the place of a female runner, I don't mind giving the medal back because I'll run again next year for charity. Okay, well, that's all well and good. I understand, like, you're trying to kind of offset what you've done, but here's the thing. Okay, it's you, what's done is done. You can't give the medal back. Okay, you like, it's been, it's, it's in the books. And 14,000, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of women. That's a lot of biological ladies. 14,000 women couldn't beat this man. See, here's what really should have happened. Not giving the medal back, just not entering a women's race when you're a dude. If you want to, how about this, Frank? How about if you really want to make it up to women, to biological women all over the country? How about you race against the men next time? How about as a woman, you race against the men? As a man who's a woman, race against the men. And let's see where you finish. I'm guessing, let's see, somewhere in the middle of 14,000. Not completely smoking 14,000 biological females. That must feel real good. You must feel real good about yourself. Being tall and muscly and full of testosterone and then tucking it in and then just burning up the trail in front of 14,000 women who were one place less in the race because of you. Frank said, I'm not trying to trick anyone. I've known since I was five that I was in the wrong body. <sighs> and Frank also said that to win the race that he used girl power. This is so demeaning, so insulting on so many levels. It's just, oh, you see, this is why I keep talking about this stuff, because it's just insanity. It's embarrassing. This is America. Everyone looks up to us. We set trends. We've been setting trends since we became a nation. We have been feared all over the world. And now they're laughing at us. The whole world is laughing at us. And I know that I said in previous episodes that I don't like talking about the presidency and I don't, you know, I don't really know a lot about the presidency, but I do know important things about the presidency and I know some very important things about Biden. Now, when it comes to Trump, okay, for anyone who's listening to me that is anti-Trump and 
Democrat and all that. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that Trump did a wonderful job. I think he was a great president. He ran it just like a businessman, and he was on to some good things. Employment was wicked high. The nation was doing great. The only thing that really went wrong in his presidency was two things. One, the Democrats spent billions of taxpayers' money trying to impeach him. And two, that he's got a big mouth. He's a loudmouth man. And there were times when Trump spoke out, and I thought, just be quiet. You know, like you've got the votes, you've got the American people listening to you. You don't have to insult other people. I really wish that he'd calm down on that. You know, he got a little bit childish at times. Now, see, I'm a conservative, and here I am. I can see the faults in the president that I voted for. But I don't understand why people who voted for Biden seem to live in this completely delusional world that this man is some kind of great president. He is a can of vegetable soup. Never go for retard. He is so unbelievably senile, and he takes credit for all these things. Yes, I'm going to talk about Biden for a little while, because I want you Democrats, if you're listening, I want you to understand who you voted for, because I know why you voted for Biden, because you hated Trump so much. You didn't care who was running. You didn't care who the Democratic candidate was. It could have been anybody. It could have been David Duke. And you would have voted for him just to keep Trump out of office. And the only thing you did was you hurt your own country. Trump wasn't coming after anyone. He tries to be as, he was more inclusive than you could ever ask for out of a Republican. The country was in great shape. And then Biden comes along and you all go, I hate Trump. So Biden's got my vote. Biden is a thousand years old. And if you Pay attention to anything in politics, which I don't when it comes to the presidency, but I did pay attention to some very important things that I noticed, like Kamala Harris when she debated Biden. She ripped him to shreds, called him a racist, called him out of touch. She burned him. She gave him so many low blows that he had no answer for. She hated him. And then he made her vice president. And now she's like, I'm 1000% behind Biden. What a great man. You effing hypocrite when biden came into office in his first year he said employment is at its all-time high yeah of course it was at an all-time high because you just entered into office after everything trump had done for you and then we watched it go on a complete downward spiral ever since and then biden has the audacity to stand up in front of the public and make up numbers he's like oh you know it's like just out of the nowhere, off the top of his head. Oh, yeah, well, yesterday we created 15 million jobs in the tennis racket market, and uh, we employed 10,000 little Chinese children to shine shoes at Grand Central Station. And you're like, what? what who, where, where are these numbers coming from? And why is no one questioning them? Because they get buried. Three years after Trump was in office and the, the Democrats are still talking about him as if he has anything to do with anything at this point other than running again, possibly. He is inconsequential to the daily life of a Democrat, and yet he has burned so many of your asses, and I don't understand what he did to make you so angry. I want to give Democrats a great insight into what they voted for, okay? Joe Biden has a decades-long habit of making overtly racist remarks, taking discriminatory positions, and cavorting with known racists. 
Biden is almost certainly unaware of what he's saying, and he's simply repeating what a liberal on his staff has instructed him to say. Let's let let's delve into some of the wonderful things that Joe Biden has said before and during his presidency. Biden whitesplained that Latinos in America resist vaccinations because they're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. This statement makes the insane assumption that all Latinos present in this country are illegal aliens subject to expulsion. It it never occurred to Biden that more than 60 million Latinos are actually American citizens. And on top of that, he went on to refer to them as Latinx, which is a term invented by woke academics who objected to gender-specific words in the Spanish language. Just 3%, I looked this up, just 3% of Latinos use Latinx to describe themselves, and less than a quarter have even ever heard the term. In fact, and I quote, many find it to be an offensive bastardization of the Spanish language. You know how Spanish is feminine, masculine? Oh, no. Yeah. Go try that trans crap down in Mexico. Try and get all the pronouns changed down there and see how that works out for you. Joe Biden in 1977 led a fight against busing and desegregation. When discussing integrating schools, Biden said he didn't want his children to grow up in a racial jungle. Okay, listen to Joe once advocated continued school segregation in the United States, arguing that it benefited minorities and that integration would prevent black people from embracing their own identity. And he said he didn't want his children to grow up in a racial jungle. His words. Now, I'd love to hear the Democrats trying to explain. This is a man you Democrats voted for. He's got a, (laughs) he has such a long history of racism being associated with really, really hardcore racist people. And yes, it happened a long time ago, but that doesn't excuse it. If anything, it makes it worse because it's ingrained in his old brain. It's only a matter of time before he has some sort of gaffe where he starts spouting out the N-word. Like, I'm Joe Biden. It's okay that I say the N-word. I'm Joe Biden. Biden worked with former segregationists to help co-author the 1994 crime bill that many critics today unjustly put a generation of black, nonviolent offenders in jail. Some have even called America's mass incarceration problem that Biden helped spearhead the new Jim Crow. Biden's pro-segregation busing bill was so bad that even a former member of the KKK turned congressman voted against it. You want to know, Joe? Joe fought against desegregating schools. Joe blocked two black appointees to the Department of Justice. Joe lied about marching in the civil rights movement. Joe co-wrote the 94 crime bill doubling incarceration of African Americans. And... Here's the topper that I'm going to finish the show off with, and that is one of the things that Joe Biden went around saying while he was running for president was that if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. He said this to the face of many black people, to the faces of many African-Americans in this country. He said, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. And he still won the presidency. Now, I'm not one of those people that puts aluminum foil on their head and talks about conspiracy theories. I'm sure there are a lot of, I know there are a lot of crooked things that go on in this world. I don't think that Joe Biden winning was a fix. 
I think that Trump had dug himself into a hole and offended so many people that people were just like the people that were split down the middle decided, okay, we've heard his mouth for long enough. Let's let's get some fresh meat up there. Albeit that meat was very rotten and decomposing before our very eyes. This is the man you put in office. America, it is your responsibility to vote responsibly. When you put someone in office, don't do it out of hate or don't do it for what they stand for. Do it for what's best for the country. And if you really think that voting for Trump means that everyone's going to have an AK or an AR-15 handed out to them or that trans rights are going to go away or all these things that people like whenever Obama started talking about taking away extended magazines, everyone bought up all the bullets in America and you couldn't get ammunition. It was insane. I couldn't go to the gun range because I didn't have any bullets. Because everyone was so freaked out that Obama said he was going to take away extended magazines. And everyone thought that that meant they were going to come around and collect all our guns. Which wasn't the case. He didn't have the right to do that. And he wasn't even going to try to. My final note to you, America. Be responsible for who you vote for. Vote responsibly. Do what's best for your country. And please, please love your country. God bless America. Thank you for listening. Contact me at red, white, and right at yahoo.com. And I will see you guys in one week. Everybody take care. I don't need to be a global citizen because I'm blessed by nationality. I'm a member of a growing populace. We enforce our popularity. There are things that seek to pull us under land. There are things that drag us down. But there's a power and a vital presence. It's Exercising